Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. It is our Golden Globes recap show. It is Oscar Race Checkpoint, as you heard the intro tell you that it is. And the first of the major, major precursor markers has been hit. We're on the heels. We're hitting record now. It is 11.21 on the East Coast time. Uh, We are fresh off seeing what happened on the Golden Globe stage. Hopefully you're listening to this in your Monday morning commute or during the the workday Monday around the water cooler. I am co-host Mike One. This is co-host also Mike. Mike, the Golden Globes is in the rear view. Some surprises, a lot of fun, though. It was a funny night, let's yeah. just say. It was funny weird. It was funny, <laughs> it was funny like uh, I'm a clown. Yes. Funny. It was like some of that was like awkward funny, like in your in Joe Pesci, is a young Joe Pesci is staring at right. you. Right. You're very afraid. You don't know if you can laugh, but you probably want to laugh Not afterwards. baby Yoda Joe Pesci like Ricky Gervais called him. <laughs> I was laughing after the fact at how awkward it was at times, but at other times it was really funny. So... The mix is the the highlight there, and we'll start with the humor of the night before we get into exactly what happened. Ricky Gervais, it's almost like he heard us talking about him in the lead up to this and how we both said, he's not really that edgy anymore. Is he really all that more edgy? And he took that as a personal challenge. They because beeped out there one like, whole June Dench joke. <laughs> mouths open. I was covering my eyes at times. He comes out during his monologue, you know, talking about kind of alluding to the rough uh, month he had on Twitter recently. Yeah. He said, lucky for me, the HFPA doesn't know how to use Twitter. Twitter. Uh, they're just jokes, people. Just remember, we're all going to die soon, and there is no sequel. He made a Felicity Huffman joke about how she made a license plate or a sweatshirt or something from jail that the crowd was dead silent on. But Nobody he, was laughing. <laughs> but he won them over. He did win people over. You made that point. Maybe. Some That's, people. He, he won some people. We were just like, <laughs> like spitting our water and soda kind of laughing at it. Because really, we couldn't believe he was saying that shit. He makes a Jeffrey Epstein joke. Oh. He and Good for him. This is what Point Sasha Stone made on Twitter, too. He really genuinely didn't give a shit and he did call out the hypocrisy about people taking private jets and hobnobbing with these evil people sometimes and that was kind of cool he didn't really care truly about anyone that he was offending so but you're right he did make other jokes people were questioning about we laughed at some so all in all an uneven night but there were moments of maybe better levity throughout the night that did fill us with joy ellen had a nice moment when she was given her speech for the carol burnett award and the mark of a true comedian is like she sneak attacked us for like four minutes in a row of the same joke of the same joke. It was bit after, I mean, it was one bit right? and I, I just loved it. I, I like, and it kept, so I somehow kept falling into the trance again, thinking she was going to get on with the speech and drone on, but those were the setups and she just nailed me a million times. How about that for the two different, I guess there's a billion different types of comedy, but at least two pillars that have built their brand on very different types of comedy. Ricky Gervais burning every bridge, <laughs> just leaving the town in tatters like a dragon from Game of Thrones. And then there's Ellen with the heartwarming, very family-friendly, uh, humorous, you want to be there and be her buddy. Like he just doesn't want to work with anybody else in that room ever again. I think he's got it figured out, man. I, I re- like he's 
you're going to pay me my money. Netflix is going to give me a show. It doesn't matter what I say anymore. And if it does, the world's going to burn up and die, which right. we heard a couple times tonight yeah, as well. That's right. That's true. <laughs> we, again, uneven night. It was a hard night for levity. Cons- or consistency say. or anything, yes. But uh, we did get some big surprises. We sure did. So let's get into it. We're going to start our Golden Globes review with the biggest story of the night. And the biggest story of the night, we did get one. It's maybe not as shocking as last year's Best Picture drama when Bohemian Rhapsody coming back and taking the throne and taking the Best Actor category as well. But there was a surprise. Not a lot of people had what happened in both the Best Director and therefore Best Picture drama category. But once the Best Director category came, we were all in for a couple stunners. And we start with Best Director, Mike Helen Mirren and Antonio Barris. They can't... (laughs) I did it again. I I shouldn't even cut it. I got to leave it in now. Antonio Banderas, they are introduced by Gervais, who was just off making another awkward joke about women. Go figure. Uh, They presented Best Director, and the winner was Sam Mendes for 1917. So the betting odds when we recorded our preview were 25 to 1 against Mendes. Yeah. So people made money. Not us, (laughs) but people made money. The Globe winners nominated for Oscars from this category, Michael, are staggering. 69 out of 76. So Sam Mendes, he's going to be nominated for Best Picture. uh, Absolutely. Best uh, Director, excuse me. Yeah. Globe winners that won the award at the Oscars are 55%. So let's not crown him quite yet. But this is a this is a big win where he needed to win it. I, I'm guessing he needs to win the BAFTA now. You make the point. Twenty five to one is where we when we gave our Globes preview. That's the book we saw. One of the books online. That was the odds he was given. Mm-hmm. I want to make this point. Twenty five to one is bigger and a further long shot than Bohemian Rhapsody closed that last year. So this is a bigger upset for its field than Bo Rap winning Best Picture Drama was last year. And we were all up in arms about Bo Rap. I understand it's a different thing because Bo Rap was maybe a lesser quality than Sam Mendes' directorial effort here. But nonetheless, it was a longer long shot. Now we got to ask the question... Okay, Sam Mendes, don't crown him yet. He's not a shoe in to win the Oscar. He's probably a lock to be nominated, like you just said. But is he the favorite right now? The last four Globe winners have won Oscars. Yeah. Uh, this is a late breaker winning a Globe. That's not something that happens very often. I just thought there were three giants going into this category with Tarantino, Scorsese, and Bong Joon-ho. I thought those were the three leading films coming into the night. I was wrong about that. I, I, that's what I was hopeful for, right? And Sam Mendes, does he come down the middle? I mean, this is a small group compared to the Academy. And very I true. Think the director's branch. I don't have exact numbers, but I think this is a small group picking this award. But, like, we're going to call out all night. These stats matter. Most of these winners win the Oscars. I mean, you you just heard me right. Most of these winners, by the numbers, yeah. win the Oscars. You're going to hear above 50% calls most of the night. There'll be a couple 40s and 30s for, like, score and song. But that's it. We said for weeks leading into this show and in, in our Oscars preview, Oscar Race Checkpoint, which is our news and information based strictly on award season that we do weekly here on MMO, if you've not heard us before, we we said for a while, Best Picture looks like a four-horse race right now, right, for the Oscars. We, yeah. said, we said The Irishman, Parasite, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and 1917. We also said that 1917 felt like a distant fourth. Well, it's probably going to be third now. Yeah, not so much anymore, right? Yeah, on most people's <laughs> boards. Uh, I, I don't think people are that difficult to understand. I mean, the punditry out there is going to be saying the Irishman's not dead yet. This is just the first award show. But it doesn't look good for the Irishman. Shut out tonight. The HFPA, when they go with their long shots, they seem to embrace the Brit. 
<laughs> At least in the last couple of years, they embraced yeah, the Freddie Mercury picture. Dunkirk didn't win here. Christopher Nolan didn't win here. That's true. So it's not like it's not like just because it's a British war movie, World War One, World I, War Two. I want my narrative, damn it, and that one fits. <laughs> and I can't find another one. I can't. Universal, not one that's been. I'm sure they know how to schmooze the HFPA. They haven't had a history of doing that recently. They're the ones that are responsible for 1917. So yeah, the director category and win kind of came from out of nowhere, but it did set the stage and act as a precursor for another surprise to come at the end of the night with a big award for best motion picture drama. Six to one odds when we recorded our preview episode. Mike Globe winners have nomination crossover. 95% of the time, the Globe winner in best drama gets nominated. And it's only happened four out of 76 times that it did not. That's a crazy number. But yeah, that makes sense. And that's also why, again, if you listen to our preview show, we said when Bohemian Rhapsody did win this award, Mm -hmm. even though there's not a lot of crossover or any crossover really between the Academy and the HFPA Mm -hmm. voting bodies, when you win Best Picture Drama, you have to be taken seriously as a Best Picture contender at the Oscars. 1917, sure to be so now as well. However, (laughs) however. Put your Stephen A. Smith on. This is an interesting stat. But it, obviously there's two categories here. There's comedy or musical and there's best drama. But only taking one of those categories, the Globe Oscar winner crossover is 50%. It's 38 out of 76. So of the last 76 best picture drama winners at the Globe, yeah. half of them have gone on I to win the Oscar. Counted the, I hand counted. You did. Like, you did a great, no, a great so job of tallying off, today. <laughs> if I'm one off here or there, if I'm three off because I read the wrong column here or there, that's truly what happened. I hand counted all of these all day. That's what I did with my entire day, like a dweeb, because I couldn't find. Did you have an abacus anyway. and like a calculator? You know what you needed is one of those giant calculators that spits the paper out. Well, it was cool because I kind of studied them, mm-hmm. but it was basically an abacus. Right. It was ba- basically on my laptop, but I-, I might as well have just written it down with, with pen and ink. Just and to let you people see a little behind and... the scenes here. We've thought for a while about changing this to Mike, Mike, and Abacus, and we might go embrace <laughs> that fully. There were some other movies that we thought were contenders. We said again, that four horse race, what's it look like now? Well, the tallies are going to tell a large story about how those pictures did tonight coming off the Golden Globe stage. One movie reigns supreme above them all, winning the most number of Golden Globes, and that would be Michael. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood won three, screenplay Brad Pitt, comedy or musical. That was the only film to win three awards. 1917, Rocketman and Joker won two apiece. Then you had Marriage Story, Parasite, Missing Link, (laughs) The Farewell, Judy... All taking home one. So what name did you not hear in that list? Well, The Irishman goes 0 for 5. Gets shut out of everything. Doesn't win a globe. Shocking. Marriage Story goes one of six. Not winning any of the major categories. Only winning, uh, I mean, obviously Laura Dern supporting actress is a major category, but not winning screenplay, director, picture, any of those. Goes one for six. Only wins Laura Dern. Marriage Story maybe on its deathbed as far as the best picture chances go tonight. Is this it for Marriage Story in that conversation? I think Marriage Story has a uniquely American appeal. I'm not going to put Marriage Story away just yet, especially with what happened in Best Drama. Because, I mean, my guess is that something came down the middle. 1917 came down the middle. Mm -hmm. I would be shocked if it crushed those other two movies. 
I would agree with that. And somebody asked me that on Twitter when we were watching the show in real time too. I, my take was, I imagine if such a sector exists that you have the new wave people, the new critics, the new voters, if right. they embrace Parasite and the old guard embrace the Irishman. Michael, these are all old men from the Muppet <laughs> Show in the Well, then why didn't Scorsese do better, right? I don't know. I wonder if nobody watched it in the Hollywood Foreign Press oh, if it was boy. too long. Wow, which was a fodder for a couple jokes on Ricky Gervais as well, saying we're going to show a quick clip from the Irishman. It's going to be 88 minutes long and got a good laugh in the crowd. So obviously people kind of felt the same, maybe, or at least it's worthy of making fun of. I mean, all of us critics watched it. We did our homework. It's a good movie. Yes, it is. And I thought it was going to be one of the major contenders to come out of this thing. At least winning two because yeah. Scorsese won three. He won three director awards already. So are we He's set to tie the record tonight? Are we set up now with is it are these four pictures entrenched in stone? Would you say if you had to rank? Let's put it this way: if you had to rank the chances for best picture going into Oscar Sunday, oh, talking God. just about how the Golden Globes affect the Oscars race, nineteen seventeen, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, The Irishman, and what's the fourth one? I can't think of right now. Parasite, of course. Duh. Uh, if you had to rank those, power rank those right now for me. Power rank them. I still say Parasites one. I would probably put Once Upon a Time in Hollywood number two, and like every pundit's going to be tomorrow, 1917, then The Irishman. So did 1917's win help itself more or hurt The Irishman more? It hurt The Irishman more, I would say. But again, a lot of the ground that The Irishman still needs to gain, it can gain. It, it's going to be... That's true. I mean, this is not an open and shut case by any means. And the Oscar nominations are going to tell you a lot as well. Yeah, absolutely will. Especially, like I said, I still say, if Parasite finds itself getting nominated in that supporting actor category, it's going to be something to keep an eye on as far as the Academy impact for that film overall. Uh, let's move on down the card and talk about the film categories as they came up now. We have Best Foreign Language Film. Kit Harrington and Sienna Miller came out. They presented Best Foreign Language Film to the lone win Parasite did have on the night. So Bong Joon-ho did get to give a speech. He was a heavy, heavy favorite on a night minus 1300 which means you'd have to offer up house you have to bet $1,300 to win a hundred win a hundred yeah so So to win any real that noise is so reminiscent to me I've had that noise through my gambling life forever all right well listen before we all crown Parasite, which I think we're all going to do, because I think, again, I counted every single one of these <laughs> today. Yes. I looked, I was just on Wikipedia all day. The big winners, the names that stuck out to me, the Globes and the Oscars, a lot of those were in common. The names of the great international films throughout history. Winners in common are only 20 out of 54. Though. That's a staggering number. That's a 37% of all time. That's a staggering number. You win the Globe for Best International Feature. You're only winning the Oscar 37% of the time. Now, like you said, the bigger point, the bigger takeaway there is the most famous of the international pictures have success at the Oscars. At least in my brain. Right. And maybe they're the most famous because they won more awards. I'll play the role of your mother. That's the only (laughs) brain that matters for purposes of these statistics. Parasite's got this locked up now, right? Yeah, yes it does. Because it's going to be nominated across the board at the Oscars. It's the only one of these movies that's going to be nominated on all those crossovers. Of course it does. Just wanted to make mention of Bong Joon-ho's speech. I thought overall, this is a point I made to you, I thought the television speeches were better up and down the card than the movie winner speeches for the most part. Yeah, except... But Bong Joon-ho's speech, I loved. I absolutely loved. And the most heroic translator ever. Yes, she was on her game, my lord. This is a translator that has to go on national television 
in front of a room full of movie stars. A and A plus listers. The creme de la creme. <laughs> and Ricky Gervais, who can make fun of you at any moment. That's a good point. That's a fantastic point. And it's amplified even more so by the fact that she was delivering a really touching message that Bong Joon-ho was saying. One of the best speeches of the night, I thought. His quote, once you overcome the one inch tall barrier of subtitles, you will be introduced to so many more amazing films. That's that's beautiful. Amen. Uh, he knows how to hook you at the beginning of a movie. He knows how to hook you at the beginning of a speech. I did think his second sentence went on for way too long. I, I was like, how is she going to remember all this? <laughs> it was amazing. But I guess that's your job. And she friend. nailed it, yeah. She's got this great recall. Oh, and in front of him. All the movie stars in front of the insane insult comic. Every big name in Hollywood that was there. Yeah, wow. absolutely a great job overall there. And big win for Parasite. They pretty much have that category locked up, we both assume so anyway. Best screenplay was the next film award given out. Ewan McGregor and Margot Robbie, they presented the screenplay award to Drumroll. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood comes away with a big, big victory. Margot Robbie's face before reading it was really sweet. Yeah, it was. all crinkled up. I knew, and I knew, I knew we <laughs> the won. The fix was oh, in. Our team won right there, but... <laughs> Excuse us while we high-five yes. and chest bump. Uh, arrogant setup by Tarantino, but he did it on purpose. Yeah. He's totally, you totally thought he was just going to gush about himself. I absolutely thought that was coming, especially based on what we know about him. And then not only does he compliment his fantastic cast, but he gets specific about all of their improv. And you read a lot of these stories over the last four or five months because it's been a long time for this campaign it's like it's almost strategic that we get a story in the trades once a week it's very pointed <laughs> that i have to read by people i love you know who's writing i love so hi Mike, scott I've been, reading, I've been reading all of these and he, he does mention the fact that there a lot of things were improvised the big scene by leo was improvised and he went with that and he didn't hold his script so precious this time. And that's why I was a little confused about his setup, because again, I guess this is my fault for just assuming he was going to go the arrogant route, but he goes off to say, I kind of don't have anybody to thank being the screenwriter. <laughs> I get it. And then, like you said, he goes on to thank his cast, which brought so much life to the word and see it was such an easy job for him and blah, blah, blah. Uh, what about the win overall, Michael? A little bit of a surprise. What do the stats tell us about this category historically? The winners in common between the two award shows, 39 out of 62, which is also somehow 62%. So, <laughs> numbers. I don't get numbers. Again, it's important to highlight, as always, there's one screenplay category at the Globes. There are two yes. different screenplay categories come it, Oscars it time. It should be easier. You would think You would, would think. 60% is a fairly high number, but again, I agree with you. I would think it'd be even higher, seeing as you have two chances to hit at the Oscars versus the one here. Did you expect Hollywood to win? I know we you predicted it. I did not. I did pick it, but it was one of the few things I picked right <laughs> Both are not mentioning our predictions because we sucked. We were not good. The HFPA did it to us again. That we just every year. We need to come up with a new format for predictions and just be like, "Here's what I want to happen," and I'm not watching it Sunday night. I'm going to bed early. And whatever had my dog pees on. Yeah, we're we'll do that. Through five, we'll do that. One through five is going to be the nomination I pick. It would have been better if we did that. I agree. Maybe that's next year. Mike, Mike, and doggy pee pads. Best animated film. Well, another surprise on the night. Amy Poehler and Taylor Swift, they presented best animated feature. And the winner goes not to Toy Story 4, not even to Frozen 2. It goes to Missing Link, Michael. Missing Link from Leica Studios there. Look, I mean, the animation, the, the stop motion, claymation, animation stuff is jaw-dropping. 
it really looks great and uh, they're very ambitious with the production design i would say if like production design for animated features was available i probably still give it to toy story 4 sorry yeah but missing link it really was something i don't like the slow motion fight scenes like they really had a million action scenes in this movie that it didn't make sense to me and it's just way too slow like I, i i'm too much of an action movie connoisseur well, here's my Disney brain and how I'm, I'm so stupidly thinking about this. Can you convince me that Missing Link isn't, in fact, abominable right now? <laughs> because I think those two movies were getting confused in my mind. Missing Link probably has slightly better story than Abominable. Okay. But the animation in Abominable was like, oh my god. I, that's like the one I was thinking of, ever. right? Having reviewed that like we have. But Missing Link, it was the first big shock of the night. And the HFPA is known for them. It's also the first non-Disney, non-Paramount, non-Sony, or non-Fox, those four huge studios, yeah. the first non-one of those studios to win the animated feature prize at the Globes. There's only been two times in Oscars history previously that Disney has not won the best animated feature category in back-to-back years. In one of either back-to-back years. It's only happened twice, and it hasn't happened since Disney finished their purchase of Pixar back in 2006. Miss, Missing Link was plus 650 uh, going into the night. It was like third on the critics' scoreboard. It did have like a puncher's chance. Mm-hmm. I think people really respect the studio. Kubo and the Two Strings mm-hmm. came from there. A lot of good movies have been coming out of Leica Studios for a while. I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. The Lion King should not have been here. <laughs> Toy Story 4. I wonder if the Disney cannibalism happened there. I don't know what. Disney did not have a great night. Netflix lions, did not have a great night. The lions were eating the flaming frogs, <laughs> which were eating the you know the zombie uh, puppets, which were... It was all eating one another. All the toys were eating one another. It was mayhem. All I can picture in my mind when this upset happened was what the reaction from Disney is going to be. You know, like just knowing that they run everything and if they're just going to flood the streets of Hollywood tomorrow, yeah. every billboard's going to have Woody and Buzz on it or one of Anna and Elsa or some <laughs> animated character of theirs Could to be. try to get this back at the Oscars. What do the numbers tell us about this category, Mike? 42 out of the past 60 nominations at the Globes were shared. I mentioned that stat last week. Ten out of the last 13, well, ten of the 13 winners. Yeah, they've only started doing this award in the last 13 years, but it's still no less relevant the first time. This is a United Artist release is Missing Link. The first time this category goes to a movie not from, again, worth mentioning, Disney, Paramount, Sony, or Fox. The four major animation (laughs) studios have kind of been there. Sony won it last year. Again, we're on the verge now for only the third time ever. If Missing Link can pull off the upset again at the Oscars, I would think it's still going to be an upset. That's just my take. I would think the Oscars odds would still have one of the Disney movies out front, even despite this. But if it doesn't happen, it would only be the third time Disney doesn't win any animated feature Oscar in either of back-to-back years. Uh, Something to keep an eye on for sure. We will pivot to supporting actress for the night now. Gwyneth Paltrow presented supporting actress to Laura Dern, Michael. The betting odds said that J-Lo was a favorite. Laura Dern was plus 200. What do the numbers say? Well, the numbers say Laura Dern's going to get nominated at the Oscars. <laughs> and I don't think that's a surprise right. to anybody. 94% of the winners from the Globes have been nominated at the Oscars. 35 out of 76, though. And this was a stat that was much lower. I kind of overhyped all, all these stats. But 46% Oscar winners in common. Well, that's... Category. A a very, very surprising number because that number grows exponentially if you look at just the past 10 to 12 years like we've talked about in previous award shows and the correlation between the supporting categories and the major precursor awards. So it overall being 46%, if they've had these hits of sweeps that happen, I think 
five or six times in the last 12 years. But the Golden Globes get hot, Mike. Yeah. It's eight out of the last 10, actually. I wrote it down. Eight oh, there out of you the go. last 10. And there are decades where they'll only get like one right. And it's just like they're off their game. They don't know how to pick a winner at the Oscars because I do think they're kind of trying to do that. Yeah. And they'll literally pick the same person again and again. That's like crazy. Richard Attenborough. Richard Attenborough. <laughs> like, nominate him. Come on, damn you. Come on, dude. Dern made a nice joke when no, she got so- up to accept her award, saying she finally gives a voice to the voiceless divorce attorney. That got a nice laugh. There was a big pop in the room when Dern's name was announced. This was a little disheartening for me. I sincerely thought Jennifer Lopez had run the second best campaign out of anyone in any movie in the lead up to this night tonight i was kind of surprised the hfpa we talk about their susceptibility to being the schmoozed they weren't schmoozed enough by j-lo walking all these fashion red carpets apparently and that dress too yeah the, the big bow looked like a christmas front. present she did look yeah. like a giant christmas <laughs> present but also a j-lo <laughs> and, and but look i laura dern would would have been the favorite if we had to guess these odds a month ago we probably would have picked laura dern though does it surprise you to hear that there was a decent number of people, major people I saw online having various complaints about Dern winning? Whether it was, I wish it was J-Lo, or I still hope that Scarlett Johansson gets nominated by the Academy and wins, or Laura Dern just didn't deserve it. I was expecting more universal praise than what I saw out there. Yeah, I'm a little surprised. Yeah. At it, but she's won a bunch of Golden Globes you know, on yeah. the TV side of it. It's true. She hasn't won an Oscar yet. It's supposed to be her year. I think everybody said it was supposed to be her year months ago, and they're sticking <laughs> with that. It, nobody else has emerged, so it's like we haven't changed the rankings yet, in a way. I don't think anybody has knocked her off as, like, a definitively no way. Like, Florence Pugh is good in our minds. Yeah. Taylor Russell was good in right. our minds. Great point. Like, young people were good this year in the supporting actress category, but can, can I say unequivocally that it's just... 10 tiers above no i mean they're all kind of like on the same tier it's one of the strangest years like there are so many really strong performances but are they just, legendary i mean are they what we had the last right, three years right and that's I mean, think about it yeah you're, you're gonna if you're gonna put all the performances that are nominated in the pool of the last couple of years you're probably gonna pick some of these at the bottom just and again that's just the odds we've had so many great years in a row of great performances think about those two women from the favorite last yeah. year think about regina king think about there's no way it's not even close yeah i agree with you i'm with you no uh, offense laura dern i guess i'm offending laura dern god damn it <laughs> well, the last person i want to offend going to win the oscar i think she's okay about she with doesn't it. give a shit what i have to say she gave a beautiful speech Go, Laura Dern. I think she's deserving of all the Emmys. I think she's deserving of all the Golden Globe TV awards. But this is just a year where anybody could have emerged, I guess, and she emerged. And everybody's going with it. I still say, uh, if you have two favorites in the category like this, you should just put them in a cage and let them battle it out, and the winner gets the Oscar. But that's that's why I'm not in the Academy, I guess. J-Lo would win. (laughs) Best Original Song was next. Ansel Elgore and Dakota Fanning, they presented Best Original Song in a Motion Picture 2. I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocket Man, and this was a big Rocket Man night, no? We got this one right. (laughs) Finally, Elton John and Bernie Taupin. We figured the campaign was going to pay off in this particular category because this particular category is somewhat more susceptible 
acceptable than others at a nomination level and certainly at a winner level. I wish I ever listened to the advice I spew into this microphone four times a week, (laughs) because if I was thinking, of course Elton John is going to win this category. And if Elton John wins this category from the HFPA, of course Taron Egerton is going to be taken more seriously in the lead actor comedy or musical category. And it's for that reason that you just said, this was the best campaign that has been run by any movie this year and the voting body most susceptible to any can there, there are big voting bodies that are very susceptible to certain things the big critics voting body are susceptible to kind of that lemming mindset following the leader trying to pick what the oscars are going to do mm-hmm. trying to get ahead of the game in the narratives the hfpa is susceptible to the schmooze they are this was a schmooze campaign and it paid off here twice this song is strong but again is it is it head and shoulders above all these other songs i don't know I think the free concert factor is there. Yes, of course it is! And I think the nostalgia (laughs) for great 80s is just in full swoon. The HFPA, they got their fix with Queen last year. Now it's Elton John this year. Look out, Twisted Sister. Twisted Sister next year. The Kiss biopic coming to you. Going to sweep awards season. Who's got the longest tongue in the acting pool? Gene Simmons. Going to get you an Oscar. What do the numbers say about this category, Mike? Only 31 out of 56 winners in common, so that's 55%, but I I guess we're getting back into the most area. It was sweet to see Elton John and Bernie Toppin share that moment, Elton saying, we've never won an award together. That was very heartwarming. That was a big moment on the night for me. I really liked it. How is that possible? I don't know. Didn't he, didn't he write all of his songs? Yes. I, I mean, just watched a whole fucking movie about <laughs> Bernie writing all of Elton John's songs. And don't they give like a, a 74 best song awards at the Grammys, Mike? Matt, and don't the writers of those goddamn songs win the awards, Mike? Makes no sense. Imagine if he was just lying. Like he was just up there saying things. And we're like, oh, this is a beautiful moment. Good job, Elton. Meanwhile, they got a trunk full of them in the parking lot ready to go back home, play Parcheesi to get rid of the night. I don't understand how it's possible myself. You make a good point, but there you go. I don't want to spit vitriol at at Rocket Man. It's not a terrible movie. You're doing a bang-up job. It's fine. It's fine. I just don't think it should be like the second winningest award of the night. I said it in our preview show. I've rewatched it. It's just not up to the quality of what we do here quite often. Uh, we've seen a lot of films. We've seen a lot of award contending films. I don't get it, but I didn't get it for Bohemian Rhapsody last year either. So maybe there's a blind spot in our criticism when it comes to musical biopics that are done by major studios. This one's done by Paramount. And I'm comparing this song to the last few years of songs. It's not even not close. close. No, I'm with you. I'm with you there. I'm with you. So, uh, so let's talk about more song awards here. Best original score. Jennifer Lopez and Paul Rudd presented it to Joker. Peaks and valleys, Mike. Peaks and valleys. That was a valley. Here's a peak. Yeah. Because I love all five nominees in this category. Cosign. The winners in common are only 45%, though. 30 out of 66. Hildur Guanadatir, she's on a roll this entire year, real year, year and a half, from Chernobyl now to this. She's got a lot of big name movies and TV shows on her resume of late. And this was a tremendous score that we Great got score. over when we reviewed it. Something to Joker being as much of a kind of downer for society as it is, and that score being just these low porn notes and be, be just getting into your ear and not letting go. I echo what you say. I think it's perfect. She did a great job with Chernobyl, too. If us didn't make the field here, mm-hmm. I'm glad Joker is the one that wins. We still have to see 1917 for a litany of reasons, but I saw a lot of people having that in their predictions. Uh, but it is 
like you said, Hilda Guanadentier continues her reign over all things score-related this year. The Exorcist 2 was a score that I mentioned recently, right? And yes. The Heretic? Yes. The beginning of the Joker score takes like a note or two from that wackadoo Exorcist 2 Heretic score. I gotta tell you. And does it right. And like fixes it. It's almost like she rewrites history of one of the worst scores ever. And nails it with this time. I was listening to it the other day, and it's phenomenal. Of movies I thought you were going to reference <laughs> offhand with non sequitur at all. I wonder if she used that as a derivative. <laughs> she, I wonder if she grew up and saying, this is the worst score. This is like what not to do. Because it is. It's the worst score ever. <laughs> Hilda, can you do this score for Joker? Yeah, I'm going to fashion it after Exorcist 2. <laughs> no, but it's Hilda. midnight. And a fucking Sunday, we just watched a three and a half hour award show. I got no filter. There it is. So I think she fixed the worst score ever with her Joker score this time. I, I'm, I'm in, man. I'm, I'm with you. Side by side. Supporting actors where we will go next. A really good feel-good moment of the night night if you could have something that's really good and feel good i guess uh goes to brad pitt and there was a huge roar in the club crowd and as scott feinberg put on twitter an unexpected standing ovation when he won the charming bookends of his speech i mean what a what a freaking movie star this guy is i mean he, I, just charming the pants off everybody in the crowd he and leo came out to present once upon a time in hollywood earlier in the night yeah. and every man woman and object was just weeping <laughs> Just tears of beautiful joy, hormones flaring, doesn't matter where you lay on any sort of spectrum. These are the most beautiful people in the history of the world. It has nothing to do with the award. I just needed that on the record for my own conscience sake because it's been weighing on me all night. My face is red and I was just speechless <laughs> now remembering it. I was going to give you some shit for it, but I guess I can't. In all seriousness, Pitt, to me, had the funniest line of the night. It made me guffaw out loud hard. He's giving this acceptance speech. He's saying he now understands, why, after working with Leo, why all his co-stars always praise him and lavish praise on him. And he's a master and he's going on and on about the work ethic and the times they shared completely out of nowhere after taking a breath without missing a beat he goes I still would have given you room in that raft though <laughs> yeah, you were like mid cheese it or something and you just were it was such a hard awkward laugh from you it was almost like you were in, in Alien in and you were just like <laughs> it was so out of left you choked on your laugh. That was the great. I was like, if I was getting me and Brad Pitt are like this. It's like if I was giving an award speech, I just say what comes to my mind next and then move on. And then he ended it by saying, "Hey, if you have an opportunity tomorrow to be kind, take it. I think the world could use it." Uh, adorable. Yes. So he was the heavy favorite going into the night, minus three fifty. Globe winners that become Oscar nominated, eighty nine percent, sixty eight out of seventy six. Globe winners and Oscar winners in common, Michael, forty out of seventy six which is 52%, 10 out of the last 12, though. And That's again, a, that goes back to the supporting yeah. actress number. So lately, these major precursor shows have had a lot of sweeps, or at least things in common with the Oscars, which would kind of skew that percentage overall. So the Golden Globes historically kind of struggled picking the eventual Oscar winner in the supporting categories, save for the last decade and a half or so. They had a bad run in one of those decades. Might have been the 60s. Everybody was doing drugs. That's all that was. It was, it was a freaky time <laughs> for supporting actors in the 60s. Winning Golden Globes, going to the Oscars. Going to Woodstock. And having trouble. Go to Best Actor, Comedy, or Musical. Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson, they presented Best Actor, Comedy, or Musical to Taron Egerton. And we, again, should have seen this coming. As soon as original song and that ovation that Elton John got for original song happened, yeah. I had this feeling in the pit of my stomach well we said it during yeah, the night did. he's yeah. going to win yeah. this now leo's done eddie's done sorry I and mean, we, we knew it uh, as the night was transpiring but 
we didn't know it a couple <laughs> days ago because it was a 15 to 4 odds for Taron Egerton. Little worse than 4 to 1. That's what you're looking at there. Globe winners nominated for Oscars 35 out of 69, just over 50% from this comedy or musical category. It's not as good. So. Look, I mean, it, it is a battle royale mm-hmm. in this Best Actor Oscar category. Who knows what's going to happen a week from now. Seven out of 69 winners are in common here. So the only seven winners from comedy or musical Golden Globe category have won the Oscars. It's not good. Not good at all, but you could say now Egerton at least has a chance to be in the serious conversation. I think three main questions arise out of this surprise win. Egerton beating out the favorite, who again, for just to remind you, was not Leo. The betting favorite was Eddie Murphy, and he also does beat out Leo, who was second place there. Again, is it a thing about being schmoozed? Is it a thing about merit? We don't know, but here's the three big questions. Number one, is Taron Egerton now a lock to be nominated? No, it's just 50%. Okay, is Leo still a lock to be nominated after being upset here in your mind? It's got to hurt Leo. It's got to. I don't think it does, man. I really don't think it does. I think the SAG matters more. I think maybe the BAFTA might too, but I think the SAG matters a lot in terms of Best Actor Translation. He was everywhere, right? Yeah. He didn't miss. Right. So he should be there. I agree. That's how I see it. And the HFPA, I mean, it's if one movie was going to win because of schmoozing, it was going to be what Rocketman did on the trail this year. Well, Rocketman did it. Good for them. Third and final question. Yeah. Is Eddie Murphy's chances over? He's got an uphill battle to climb right now. You would put him in the category with, like, Jonathan Price right now, wouldn't you? As guys who were once hot and maybe are fading a little bit. And it's unfortunate, too, because it's such a movie star performance. I mean, look, Taron Egerton was a movie star performance plus... A little plus there. But you get the performance within a performance for Eddie and Taron Egerton. They're different. I can't pronounce the guy's name, but <laughs> Egerton? Egerton? No, you're doing great. You know, like you... The, the guy at the end of Men in Black. Sugar. <laughs> Water. It's long enough, guys. Eddie Murphy's going to have a hard time, though. I agree with you. I think that I, I echo your sentiment saying it's sad to say. I still hold out hope for Leo, though, Michael. All right. I want to talk about both categories together. The winners in common for the drama and the comedy or musical acting categories, 58 out of 76 on the actor side for 76% crossover overall. So if you look at it that way, it doesn't sound as bad. And again, I can say most winners win there because they won here. Or because they won here, they can win there. (laughs) Basically, 76% of the time, you go cross-eyed when I I go on number in. I've gone cross-eyed here. So 76% of the time... A Globe winner's going to win the Oscar. Oh, I see what you're saying there. That makes sense. Yes, I would agree Can you with edit that. out all the nonsense <laughs> I said before? I'm just going to add in more equations. <laughs> just going to edit in. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> no, that's a good stat. So that's the highest correlation we've had so far. You win the Globe, you win the Oscar. Which, again, I would have thought that was in one of the supporting categories just based on the streaks they've been in the last couple years. Not the case at all historically. So that would put Egerton and another name in the driver's seat, right? That we'll get to at the in a little bit here. Best Actress Comedy or Musical was next. They give that to Aqua. Fina. 
Yes, yes. Fan favorite here at MMO. Uh, we're really happy about this. She Absolutely. Played, played our little audience interaction game <laughs> with us. So we're basically BFFs. We basically She's buddies. from New York. We're from outside New York. close-ish. <laughs> yeah, we know people who know people who know people. <laughs> this is really fun, and, it, and it's well-deserved. Yeah, I think so, too. And this is the story. It's the same story we've been pounding the drum about for the last couple months. She's going to be the person that wins the Gotham Award. She's going to win the Golden Globe. She's not going to be nominated for the Indie Spirit. Strange. What does that mean in terms of an Oscars campaign? And does her winning this and not being upset do anything to someone like a Lupita Nyong'o who missed out on Globe's nomination, who's in there for the SAGs, and what does that mean for the rest of the Best Actress field overall? I need the rest of these nominations out like now, Mike. <laughs> I need the BAFTAs. I need, but I need, I need to know because I, it's really strange this year. We're getting deadlines that are not jiving the way they have in the past. It's really strange, and I have to rest my laurels on these inane stats. This is all I have. <laughs> Globe winners nominated for Oscar from this comedy or musical category, Mike, 68%. That's crazy. Almost 70% of the time you're getting a winner here or automatically nominated. The winner crossover, 23%. So again, the comedy or musical category doesn't really translate that well to winning. But all right, I'll give this next stat here and now because I know we haven't done drama yet, but... Both categories combined, 56 out of 76, 73%. A winner at the Globes and the actress categories is going to win the Oscar. So lest we need to make the case again, yes, the Golden Globes matter for correlation and momentum's sake. Three quarters of the time, historically, whoever wins the lead category is going to leave with both a Globe and an Oscar in hand. And yes, that's a little skewed because there's two Globe winners that are going to be lead actor or actress, but that's how the numbers break down. So that's why it's important to know uh, we can move on here. Best comedy or musical movie, motion picture, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is able to stave off the threat and the fear, quite frankly, that Rocketman put into both of our hearts in this category. It was the heaviest favorite on the night, though, yeah. I think, well, other than Parasite, mm -hmm. let's say. But one to six odds, is that better than minus 1,300? No, it's that, well, they're better, yes. The 1,300 is a heavier oh, favorite, but you have to pay 600 to win 100 so if you're car, betting on Hollywood here. Car, yeah. not house. Car, not house, right. All right, let's talk about nomination crossover. 35 out of 56, so that's 62%. If you win here, you're going to get nominated. So that's, that's pretty good. Only nine. Winners of this category have gone on to win Best Picture. That's only 16%, Michael. Goes back. I'm going to repeat it again because it's my favorite stat I've seen so far this year that I, I've researched. We haven't had back-to-back -back comedy or musical Globe Best Picture winners win back-to-back -back Best Picture Oscars since 1965 or something like that, the mid-60s. It's a bad stat for this movie, and you would think... The best drama category combined with this category is going to help you, statistically speaking, right? I would like to think so. It does not. That's not good. Out of the 76 <laughs> years where we've had any crossover, 47 out of the 76, you've had winners win here and then win there. 62% of the time. So How is that possible? It's interesting there's a higher correlation from the lead acting categories than there is movies with success of the Globes and what it means come Oscar Sunday. kind of makes sense, though, right? I mean, it's been rarer... I want this movie to win Best Picture. <laughs> I started to speak, folks, and then I saw his face and I stopped. That's what just happened. That's what I care about when it comes to this category and anything to do with the Oscars. This is the interesting question, the one I had for you in pre-record, okay. before we hit record here. What do you think, knowing what we do about our dear, good, personal friend, Quentin Tarantino now, we hang out with him in Aquafina and enforce him all the time, what do you think means more to Quentin Tarantino at this point? Best director or best picture? They all mean something to me, all right? <laughs> I mean, 
they all mean something different. I'm going to pay homage <laughs> to the mentor of a mentor. Right. Of a mentor. <laughs> Thank you. Like I did tonight. I mean, he was great tonight. Look, he was great on the friggin' Big Picture podcast. What, what was he on? He was just on uh, the Rewatchables. Yeah, Rewatchables on the on the Ringer with Fennessy and, and Ryan. Uh, that was hilarious. It was great. I loved. <laughs> I mean, ironically, he may lose to 1917 a couple, you know, a month from now. Oh, don't do that. And he just reviewed yeah. Dunkirk like it's the greatest movie since, you know. Oh, Gone with the wind. this makes me sad that you pointed that out, because that's an irony that could happen. Look, we were worried that he was going to lose to Rocket Man yes. at this point in the night. Like, we were genuinely frozen, solid to our chairs. I have never felt fear, the kind of fear that was in that moment where Pierce Brosnan, who had just come off a hilarious bit with Will Ferrell, by the way, about the, the setup to the category, as he was pulling the card out of the envelope, you could have heard a mouse squeak in that auditorium. It was so silent. And we weren't laughing as much as we should have been laughing at the Will Ferrell Just jokes. nervous laughter. It was nervous. <laughs> Open the envelope, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Will Ferrell's great golf kind of, kind of laugh. Yeah. No, no that's funny. What's in the envelope, man? <laughs> best actor drama. Last two categories here. Best actor drama. Glenn Close presented the best actor drama to Joaquin Phoenix. And if Joaquin Phoenix had any dignity whatsoever, he would have turned around and handed that award right back to Glenn Close. But he didn't. <laughs> Michael, remember how I said like a lot of these crossovers are around 75%? Yeah. Especially in the acting categories. Guess who was the 25%, the one of the four that didn't translate last year? <laughs> well, I'm glad Olivia Coleman won another award tonight. <laughs> Olivia Coleman is so charming. Yeah, okay, she is. She's she? great. I mean, yeah. She was drunk, she's drunk, but not so drunk. Never seen that before. That oh, my but she, goodness. But she was less drunk here. What, what a term did she use? It was funny. Glenn Close should have stormed the stage and body-checked her and stolen the globe out of Olivia Coleman's hand. I'm not going to lie. Glenn Close <laughs> was kind of intimidating in the cutaways tonight. Why wouldn't she? It's like, she's had a year of just shit. She had a year... <laughs> Of just lamenting this one moment where she's turned into a meme and a gif against her will. Because yeah. she went to the Oscars dressed like an Oscar. She may never leave that hotel room. <laughs> Why uh, would from, you? From the wife. I'm so proud she's okay. I just see her out in public on this show. Jonathan Price is... She's still in the wife. She was sitting next to Jonathan Price all night. Because she's still waiting to be rewarded for that fucking movie. Because she was great. Why was she sitting next to Jonathan Price? I don't know. Sexual tension. <laughs> And was it room 237 was the joke I was going to make, but... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's not that good of a joke. I lost myself for a minute there. <laughs> All right. The betting odds for reference here for best actor drama. Joaquin was a one to four favorite, so he was supposed to win. Yes. Uh, there was a lot of people that had hope for Adam Driver. I was saying just keep an eye out for Antonio Banderas, who was a 10 to one odd. Jonathan Price and Christian Bale were kind of at the back of the pack. Bale didn't even show up. I think I read he was too sick to show. Hmm. Uh, so that's kind of the layout we had going in into it but there's a hefty number at the end of this rainbow for this category mike the globe winners get nominated for oscars only four times it hasn't happened 72 out of 76 times it has happened meaning if you win here you get nominated 94 percent of the time but there was a chance for a moment there that you thought joaquin phoenix may be talking himself out of the oscars race because that acceptance speech you could not hear it if you were listening to it on cable the stats are really good joaquin <laughs> what are you doing what are you doing? Dropping like four F-bombs in the first three sentences. You know you're giving a big speech to the whole world, <laughs> and there's just like one F-bomb after another F-bomb. And 
I don't know if he was trying to be charming. Like, the beginning was charming. The first one was good. You're like, oh, we never see a guy do that. And then it was like yeah. three in a row, and NBC didn't hit the censor button. Look, they he, hit it for like seven seconds. He didn't start rapping. That's <laughs> the big win on uh, the night. A win for who, though, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> if he started rapping, he might have hurt himself. I... I, I would have stood up and cheered. I would have given him a standing ovation in the studio right now. I think he's going to get nominated at the Oscars, like I said. And there's also a really damn good chance he's going to win because 67% of the time, winners here win at the Oscars. He's got to be considered the favorite. He was a heavy favorite in this category, like you just said. You think this is probably shaping up like his category to lose right now? He's a shoo-in. You think Driver's still a shoo-in for nomination? I would say so. I'm still saying I think Leo is, and I will hold fast to that, no matter how much Matt, our buddy there from Next Best Picture, <laughs> says otherwise. Uh, He's I- got a good theory, though, at this point. You know, the premise of the theory has come true thus far. My fear yeah. is that Hollywood had the night tonight that I thought they were going to have at the Oscars. I thought this night would be for the Irishman and Parasite and that Hollywood would have their night at the Oscars. Yeah. And my fear is that the opposite and the inverse has happened. So, hey, who knows? We'll, we will see. Uh, I hope it doesn't happen. Uh, I'll never do this podcast again if it does. We'll finish up here with the last uh, cinema category of the evening. Best Actress Drama. Uh, again, kind of went chalk. Remy Malek came out and presented it to Renee Zellweger. A one to three favorite, Mike, and the crossover is as strong as I've mentioned yet because only once in Globe history has a winner of the Best Actress in a Drama category not been nominated at the Oscars. It happened in 1988 when Shirley MacLaine won the Globe in a three-way tie. Oh, no kidding. For her role in Madame Susatska, Mm. tying with Jodie Foster and Sigourney Weaver and then all three of them did not get nominated at the uh, uh, Oscars. All three of them? Two out of the three of them, uh, Weaver and Foster, did. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, so two out of the three did, and she was the lone who did not. Madame Susatska herself, <laughs> Shirley MacLaine, did not get nominated. So that's only once in 76 years. And I guess you can go around in circles and say, well, the other two winners got in. So right, a winner does it got really in. count, yeah. 1.3% of the time... A Globe winner is not going to get in. So that's 98.7? Can I do math? That is. That's math that's right the there. Time. Yeah. And there, Again. I tell you what, there was a point not too long ago where I thought Renee Zellweger may have been losing all momentum and was at risk of not seeing the stage. And then once the odds started coming out, everyone just kind of defaulted to her. I don't know that this is necessarily, along with the supporting actress category... We've been spoiled the last few years with such high caliber, memorable, great performances in the Best Actress category. I'm not sure that the contenders this year measure up to those. Like we kind of the similar situation we just talked about with supporting actress. We reviewed Judy. We liked Judy to an extent. Uh, we liked the performance mm-hmm. to an extent. We had our qualms with it. Again, you're absolutely right. Just not on the level of previous years at the moment. But we got to study this movie. We're going to do our categories reviews coming up. It's available to rent. I'm going to rent it. Look, bottom line is you get a 52% crossover for Globe winners to Oscar winners in this particular category. Flashback however many minutes ago where I said it was like 70-something percent. Yeah, about three out of four times there. Uh, If you win a Globe, you're going to end up winning the Oscar too. I pitched a cage match earlier when it's two people uh, (laughs) fighting it out for the same spot. I would like to pitch in this scenario, we take the two actress winners tonight, the lead actress winners who were Renee Zellweger and Aquafina. We put them in a tag match against Glenn Close and Tony Collette, who both were wrongly ousted out of their Oscar last year. And we just, and Olivia Coleman can be the referee. 
You know what? Aquafina was like a magician in that movie. I'm not saying that Glenn Close and Tony Collette would win. I'm just saying we should do it. <laughs> I'm the ideas man here. You understand? This is where we're tired, folks. It's 12.23 a.m. East Coast Standard Time at, the, at this recording here. We are shot to shit. Uh, Mike, do you have any other, you know, final thoughts on the Golden Globes? Yeah, I just wanted to make quick mention. Obviously, there were a lot of TV awards given out. Congratulations to you. You were a big fan of Succession. That had a great night. Yeah, uh, Olivia Coleman, like we said, had a great night. Look, here's the takeaway for me for this award show in general. It was 10.17 p.m. at one point here on the East Coast, and it felt every bit like we had been watching since 8 o'clock at that point, and there was still eight film categories to go between 10.17 and about 10 after 11 when they finished. So the award show went three hours and 10 minutes? Something like, yeah, I think that's the exact number. 19 awards were given out in the first two hours and 17 minutes. And two of those are the special awards. As right. Ellen DeGeneres. Tom said. Hanks winning the Cecil B. the Mill Award. Ellen DeGeneres winning the Carol Burnett Award. You got an opening monologue. I don't think the, if they planned it this way, they would only have 50 minutes for the last eight film awards. They probably would have drawn it out a little longer. And they put so many TV awards at the front of the show, you would think they were trying to build up and hype up the film awards as their quote-unquote main event. And then you get to this point, it's 10-17, we're just coming back from a, or we're just going into a commercial, I think, at that point, or we're in a commercial, whatever. We gotta get through these last eight awards, let's just keep going like a third base coach on a double to the gap, waving our arm around and keep them coming. It kind of ch- took away from the moment. I don't want to say it cheapened anything. It certainly didn't cheapen any wins, but I, I, it felt long, and the pace was distracting Joaquin for both of us. Phoenix's speech felt longer <laughs> because of the time that we spent. He was the only one they did play off, though. Too. I mean, they started the music to yeah. cut him out. Look, I didn't. I didn't dislike things, but it's at it's at that point where you're like. We all got to do something, man. So no more, no more private jets. Like we at least could do that. At least, no private jets. Like, We're not gonna take it. <laughs> Don't go private jetting to Babylon. What the fuck are you talking about, man? Oh uh, yeah, the speech is just in general tonight. We're not. We're not the best. They just weren't. And uh, there were a couple people. Look, there's alcohol served at the Globes. And God bless all of them that partook. Great performance as the Joker. Yes, great, great performance as the Joker. <laughs> Walk it back. Walk it all the way back, guys. That is your Golden Globes recap show from MMO. Did you watch? Did you just see the results? Are there any upsets that surprised you? Any upsets that shocked you? Or better yet, any upsets or shortcomings that you were very, very happy with? Did any favorites fall that you were kind of rooting against? Uh, We want to hear all of that from you. As always, you can leave us your thoughts, comments, questions, concerns about this. And anything else we do here in the MMO Empire, we are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook. Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Instagram. At MM and Oscar on Twitter. Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com. And on Reddit, we are available everywhere you hear podcasts, including and especially Apple Podcasts. If you use an iPhone, phone or just happen to use the app of apple podcast if you wouldn't mind tapping that purple logo thing they have mm-hmm, with the mm-hmm. white globe sticking out in the middle of it typing mike mike and oscar into the search tapping on our logo when it comes up scrolling down once and leaving us five stars those truly go a long way and for the love of god i'm staying up until like three in the morning to edit this so you guys have it for your work commute so it's the <laughs> least you could do i'm fine everything's fine i'm good <laughs> mike what's coming next from mmo what are some words of wisdom on golden globe sunday another one in the books for mmo so we got bafta noms coming out on the 7th uh later that day we're gonna have pga we're gonna have dga we're gonna have all the guild noms coming out wga comes out the day before 
So we're going to have a major Oscar race checkpoint, you know, canvassing all of those, whatever scuttlebutt we hear about the Oscar noms. Butts will be scuttled. <laughs> I can't You like more. that, huh? <laughs> what the hell's going on with comedy tonight? <laughs> comedy is so fucking bizarre tonight. You were bizarre. Ricky Gervais was bizarre. The freaking Joaquin Phoenix is trying to tell jokes about private jets. I don't know what's happening. It's almost time for second comedy. dinner. Eddie Murphy, <laughs> best musical or comedy? Who won tonight? Aquafina, Egerton, and Egerton. Yeah. Neither were funny. No, that's and a great they, point, actually. Well, Aquafina was funny. Aquafina was funny. All right, Leo was funny. Eddie was funny. Yes. Er. All right, let's, <laughs> folks. It's wise to uh, when you know you have to stay up until like three, four in the morning, not to wake up at six a.m. like I did this morning. I don't know why I did that. I was going I to give you to props hell. before saying goodbye. You put a long day in. You did a lot of counting, a lot of research, and uh, this episode was not getting off the ground without your effort. So I thank you very much. And we have tons more to do. Like you said, this yeah. is just scratching the surface itch of this mosquito bite that is award season. How would you like it if we marketed it as that from the beginning instead of a sprint? Uh, <laughs> so we gotta go deeper into this thing like mike said the guilds are coming at the end of the week we're gonna have oscar nomination predictions which are coming thank you which i promise you we are more accurate with than our globes predictions because we have to be because this is what we do 52 weeks a year we were really accurate last yeah. year uh, honestly but you know we'll see what happens this year. and it is a I'm weird rattled. year it is a weird it's a year weird year so far the guilds usually come out before the oscar nom so this yeah. is different and we'll have fun talking about it that's the main thing uh, god willing i think this might be a good time to just pivot and make this a i don't know an anything else podcast guys we thank you for listening thank you for everyone that interacted with us on all three of our socials mike mike and oscar on facebook and instagram mm and oscar on twitter uh thank you for your likes your retweets your comments keep those coming we love interacting with you guys when reality sucks you can come watch movies and all these award shows with us we are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. Thank you for listening. Thank you for following. Keep them coming, baby. We're going to be here all award season long to keep you up to date and make you the smartest person in the office. What did he say about James Corden? <laughs> See you.